Passing this budget agreement was critical. The stakes could not have been higher. If we had failed to reach an agreement on the budget, there were extreme voices threatening to take America for the first time in our 247-year history into default on our national debt. Nothing, nothing would have been more irresponsible. Nothing would have been more catastrophic. And it would have taken years to climb out of that hole. And America's standing as the most trusted, reliable financial partner in the world would have been shattered. So it was critical to reach an agreement. And it's very good news for the American people. No one got everything they wanted, but the American people got what they needed. We averted an economic crisis, an economic collapse. The world, according to President Joe Biden, um, we're going to talk about that little deal, the Fiscal Responsibility Act of 2023, because it's going to affect each and every one of us. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk to you about how it's going to affect us and what just happened and what was Kevin McCarthy's role and was it a good deal or a bad deal. Uh, and listen, don't don't turn it off because you don't like financial things, please, because this is really and truly going to affect your life in such a profound way. And we're going to try to make it as clear as we possibly can. So stay tuned for that discussion. Meanwhile, we're going to take a moment to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, and that's little babies in their mother's wombs. Preborn is truly doing the work of God as they save babies and love on moms. And because of your generosity, Preborn's network of clinics has rescued over 200,000 babies by introducing mothers to their babies through ultrasound. Preborn receives no government funding, so they are completely dependent on us. And together, we are building an army of life to stand together against the principalities of darkness. I'm not sure what could be darker than dismantling and destroying an unborn baby. Not sure if there's anything darker than that. If everyone listening today sponsored just one ultrasound for $28, we could change the world. To donate securely, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. All your gifts are tax deductible, so you might want to consider a corporate donation or appreciated stock because the market, believably, is up right now. You can use your write-offs to save precious babies' lives, and you will never regret saving a defenseless baby's life. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. All right, well, meanwhile, sit back and uh, we'll get out your pen and paper and listen to this version of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. But to be clear, the bulk of that money in the IRS, which was your priority, which was conservatives' priorities, they do not want this president to hire 87,000 agents. The bulk of that money is still in the Inflation Reduction Act, and he could use that. So you're talking about the $20 billion over the following year. To be clear, the bulk of that money is still in the bill that the president signed. And then there's the defense spending. Okay, Maria, Maria, pause for one moment. Maria, pause for one moment. 
That was already in law. We do not have the Senate. We do not have the presidency. But we just stopped them from hiring any IRS agents. And we also took another $20 billion going into the future. And now we only have the House. So we need the Senate and the presidency. The next time we'll address this, we have an opportunity to win the Senate and the presidency. So what's interesting to me is that you're going to argue sometime in the future when you stopped it today. So if we are strong today with a five-seat majority in the House, think about how strong we will be when yeah. we have the Senate and the White House. It's interesting to me if we had a success today that's not good enough for something in the future. I didn't say this was perfect, but I stopped any IRS agent from being hired today. Which no is one's good getting news. hired. So yeah. I, think, I think that would be good enough. Instead, what would be the option, Maria? To have a clean debt ceiling and let them hire IRS agents mm. and not get the $2.1 trillion cut or the work requirements or the NEPA reform or be able to be able to strengthen the military but cut the non-defense lower than 2022. All if you want to have a perfect legislation, even when you have a majority of Republicans in the House and Senate in the presidency, we never had this. This All is a very bigger cut with one house. All right, Sandy Rios with you. That was Maria Bartiroma of Sunday Morning, Morning Futures. That's one of my favorite uh, places to gather information so that I can talk to you with some intelligence. But, of course, uh, that's not the only source. It was pretty remarkable exchange because Kevin McCarthy is uh, full-throat defending uh, the bill that he just agreed to, the Fiscal Responsibility Act of 2023. In fact, he told Maria at one point that she, she was all wrong about things. So, And when we listen to discussions like this, it's really hard to discern what's true and what isn't. And the other thing is, why would I choose to talk about this? It's in the weeds. It's money. It's hard to talk about on the air because I think you need to understand what just happened. Uh, what just happened in the House of Representatives, in the Senate, what just happened when Joe Biden signed that paper, what does it mean to you? Uh, does it have an effect or is it just some ethereal bit of numbers that just goes on and on in D.C. as it always does? Well, I've asked Dave Brad to join us this morning, Dave. Uh, is a former, as you know, economics professor uh, who became a congressman uh, in a huge upset race when he beat, beat Eric Cantor. That's when I first, uh, Dave first came to my attention. And now is the dean of the School of Law, which is huge, at Liberty University. Um, tracking all of this and joining us this morning. Dave, thanks for joining us. Hey, Sandy, great to be on. And you're right. And it's School of Business, so I'm going to weigh in on the business stuff. And, yes. uh, and the commentary that you, you just had, it, it is shocking to hear that because I was in when we had the House and then they said, well, we need the Senate. And then we waited two years to get anything done. Then we got the Senate and then we got the White House and then we still didn't do anything. And so uh, when people want to know what's going on, it, that, that was that's the shoddiest excuse I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, for, we, we just accommodated another four trillion dollars in debt with no cap and then go way beyond that. And so we just, we have, we had 50 trillion in debt in 10 years. And now we still have 50 trillion in debt. We didn't save a nickel. Yeah. I want to tell, let's, I want, you know, you know what my goal is, uh, is to make this as clear as possible because I, there's a yep. lot of dynamics. It's not just the numbers. It's also what just yep. happened here. Uh, I mean, uh, so yep. the truth is what you just said is there is no debt ceiling for two years. There's no debt ceiling. 
Uh, and they and right. the, it can go way above four trillion if you yep. know if certain parties decide that. In fact, the uh, the Biden folk are taking a victory lap over this. Um, yep, sure. what, yeah. So I want us to uh, kind of break it down to the things that people can understand. First of all, let's talk sure. about that. Uh, you know, in the what was it called the uh, whatever the act was where they uh, voted in these eighty seven thousand money for the eighty seven thousand yep. IRS agents. Yep. which we know will be targeting, as the FBI is now, targeting middle Americans, uh, and it's frightening to us. So that was a big deal to get that out. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy says, oh, no, no, I did take care of that. They can't hire them right now. Is that true or not? No, that's not. They can hire them. Of course they can hire them. The money's fungible, and they didn't lose. I, I, I haven't heard of one gain on the Republican side. The the one gain was this, you know, on the, on the uh, SNAP program was going to expand the age from 50 to 55, right? And that, that's for people with, that can work with no kids. And But even that one, there's a loophole. If All you have to do is claim to be homeless. And then you, you don't have to live up to that new age requirement where you got to work till you're 54. We got to all work till we're 80 now due to this crazy economy, right? There are people... Yeah. Uh, my advice to everyone is don't even think about retiring, right? Because the, uh, you're going to need every dollar you can get. Yeah. I remember talking to you last time. You said one of the ways to counter the economic uh, difficulties we're facing is to work, get a job yeah. and work. But yeah. I, I, but yeah. I, rem- I have right. for- not your, forgotten that. Get in in the right areas. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So, but here's the point. I, I do want to make this point. So Kevin pretty, probably swears every way, uh, but Sunday I didn't even play all the clip that he did handle the problem with the 87,000 uh, IRS agents, that they're not, they can't do it, Maria, they can't do it. That's not true. Okay, so you're just explaining that they actually can because the money can be drawn, they can call it whatever they want. It has not stopped sure. the hiring of those 87,000 agents. All right, the other thing was we know that there's like, well, I don't know, millions, if not billions, of COVID dollars out there being used. I just heard yep. that they're... Some school out in California is using it for some drag queen program in their school. Uh, there was an attempt by the Republicans in the House to pull that money back. What happened with that? No, no none of that went through, right? They, they, they talked about, you know, saving a, a, a few billion. But the, the whole problem is, is they know the average American is part of work and they don't have enough time to pay attention to this. And so the number that is relevant is, and this is in the budget, right? The Russ vote was the head of OMB. He's one of the good guys. And uh, the budget over 10 years results in $50 trillion in debt, right? $50 trillion. That's 50,000 billions. And so when you hear they saved a few billion, it's like, who cares, right? The whole point is it's a disaster, on, on the numbers, right? And to, to show the American people what that means and how significant this is, the interest rate now is 5%, right? So 5% of $50 trillion is $2.5 trillion. That's just the interest payments we're going to be paying on $50 trillion is $2.5 trillion. And before COVID, the budget was $5 trillion. So the interest payments are going to be half the budget if we ever get back to normal or Two and a half trillion in interest payments is also equal to three times the current defense budget. So that's what the people got to learn is the orders of magnitude of what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Where if you hear that you saved ten billion dollars, it's a teaspoon up there. 
It's $50 trillion in debt hanging around to kids. And the second main point is that we just cemented in, right? We used to have a $5 trillion economy. COVID, we shut down the whole economy to send, and sent out paychecks to businesses and people and everything, right? That got us to $7 trillion budget when you're shutting down the whole economy and trying to save it. Now they just locked in that number permanently. So we call that you know, the ratchet effect. The ratchet goes up, but it never comes down. So those are the two big points, $50 trillion in debt total and permanent $7 trillion government spending budgets. Uh, and, and that means $2 trillion deficits every year. So sorry to get into details, but those are the two that matter the most. You know, in terms of procedure, uh, we everyone knows pretty much, I think the last time I talked to you, we were in the middle of that fight about Kevin, Kevin McCarthy being speaker. And we had Bob Good in. I was with you at Liberty. And there was a huge fight, yeah. and there was a lot of criticism. Those five guys stood, uh, and then 20 finally stood. And, and then there was a huge change in uh, McCarthy agreed to so many things, and he's actually, I thought, even I, Dave, the skeptic that I am, yeah. had been persuaded yeah. that he was actually doing a pretty good job. It was pretty amazing. But one thing that yeah. happened here, from my understanding, is that the problem had been in Congress, one of the many problems, was that leadership would get together and write these bills, then issue them to yep. you, like when you were in Congress, right. these thousands yep. and thousands yep. of pages of bills, and you don't even have time That's to right. read them. And the same thing happened yep. here. They, this is nothing like what the House had passed, which was limit, save, and grow. They presented, Kevin McCarthy presented a very different proposal that they'd never seen when he came back. Is that true? Yeah, and, and I'll just put my spin on it. The real shocker about what you just said, everything you said is true, but the real shocker is the House is the only one that wrote a bill and passed it through the House which is representative of the people. The Senate didn't do anything. The White House didn't do anything. And I got charts, if people want to go look at the charts, that Brat Economics on Getter. Just go out there, Brat Economics on Getter. But I have charts on this issue that shows there wasn't, this was no uh, McCarthy plan. He took the White House plan. It's the same line. What he accepted was the White House plan. There's no deviation when you look at the, the numbers on the chart. Uh, we didn't we didn't get anything near what the Republicans wanted. Russ vote wanted 17 trillion in savings off 50. Then the Freedom Caucus came in and did that compromise bill with four trillion in savings. And McCarthy went up there and negotiated away and gave a free debt ceiling increase with no caps and uh, no savings. And so it's uh, it's it's a shocker. It is a shocker, and so. From my perspective, last week when I was analyzing this, David, it just seemed to me that um, because McCarthy had to pull in Democratic votes to get this passed, and they, he pulled in Democrats from the House and also from the Senate, and he seemed so gleeful about it, I suspected that one of the reasons for his glee, and I'm, per, I'm surmising, I could be totally wrong, was yep. that it seemed to yep. me that he had broken the back I tr- thought he had broken the back of the Freedom Caucus yep. power yep. over him. Right. Do you see it that yep. way? Yeah, well, that's what the mainstream media was just giddy about, right? I mean, it was good for Biden and it was good for McCarthy because it, it made it look like they were the moderates that came to the middle and found a solution. Uh, that is true, but the solution is $50 trillion in debt. 
everyone wants to leave off that one little detail of $50 trillion. All right. So the House, uh, now this is, not, uh, you know, this, hmm, this is a podcast, so this is not a daily show where yesterday this happened. So uh, let's just say that this week, while we're recording here, the Freedom Caucus sort of rebelled. And they've started like yes. put put a line in the sand. Can you explain that? Because again, yep. this is procedural, but I want to explain to people yeah. this is important for all of us. I think the Freedom Caucus is yep. the last line of defense for this country. Yep. I really do. Yep. So what they do, right. they need our support. But anyway, what did they what have they been doing? Explain it. Yeah, well, when I went to Congress, uh, I was informed you never vote against a rule. So it's just uh, like true religion up there. So there, whenever you put in a bill, like you got Bill 101, well, for that bill to come to the floor, you have to pass a rule vote ahead of time, which just says, look, here's how much time on the floor you're going to have. Here's the nature of how we're going to present the bill. Here's the time the Republicans get to talk and the Dems get to talk, right? So you're not ever supposed to vote against that. Uh, and if you do, the bill cannot come to the floor. So the Democrats always all vote no, right? So they don't want the bill to come to the floor if it's a Republican bill. So all we need this time is five Republicans to join in that vote, and you can't bring any bills to the floor right now. So they got 20 or 30 folks now from the Freedom Caucus that are insisting that until uh, Speaker McCarthy uh, makes good on his promises to them, right? And these these were uh, on paper; they were widely discussed on the news, and they were all violated. And so these these uh, members feel violated. The promises made to them were violated uh, in the last uh, budget ceiling agreement. Uh, all the stuff they're working for. So now you know there's there's you know very conservative bills, you know having to do with the, the Second Amendment, guns, and everything that you'd think the conservatives would vote for. Uh, well, they voted against the rules, so it can't come to the floor. So they're showing uh, Congress is not going to move at all until uh, we think uh, that the speaker does right by us and the commitments he made. Yeah, which is so important because those it's not a personal – look, I, I, I should explain what the decisions nope. that the Freedom Caucus made and the agreement they came to was for the good of the country. It wasn't just so right. they could That's have right. real power, but they have gotten more powerful. I heard a conversation yesterday say, day, whoop. Yesterday, and this week, recently, uh, where uh, that the speculation or the statement was made by someone who has insight that the Freedom Caucus is necessary because McCarthy does not have the people surrounding him, nor does he seem to have the thinking skills uh, yep. to strategize that the Freedom Caucus is actually becoming the, the, the brain center, I think, uh, certainly for conservatives. Yeah. And really, I think he, they brought a lot of other members of the House along, don't you think? Yeah, well, and, and what you said is very important because look at the incentives, right? When the Democrats uh, negotiate, it's to get something for them and for their district, and it means more money. When, when the Freedom Caucus goes, they're arguing to give up their own power to reduce spending and to lose things in their district, right? So you can just see why it's so hard to be a conservative these days and try to win elections. The other side gets to spend like Santa Claus, and you got to be the adult in the room and eat your spinach and tell other people, hey, you, we got to eat your spinach, right, for the good of the country, for the good of the kids. It's the old Protestant work ethic, right? You, you, you forego instant gratification uh, today, right, in order to build an economy. You save, you, put, you save your money to put your kids through college. You save to invest in a business. 
And then in the future, that business may do very well and you end up great. But that, but in, in, in the meantime, you've helped the U.S. economy. And so that kind of thinking is just dead right now because the uh, the Christian ethos is just dying in front of our eyes. Now, one bright spot to me on this uh, is how the vote went in the Senate. Uh, because I think what, what we had, something like 37 uh, Republicans, or yeah. 36, 37 yeah. Republicans vote against this. I thought that was amazing, David, when you consider what a small block of yeah. truly conservative senators there are in that body. Was that a surprise to you, too? Yeah, kind of. But it, it's easier to vote tough when it doesn't matter, right? Because you know you're going to lose, so it's kind of a free vote. Hmm. And so, you know, the House is where it mattered. And we gave that was the only time, right? The other unique thing about this this accommodation to the White House was we had the leverage. We had the debt ceiling in law, and they had to make a deal. And so the Republicans had all the leverage. That's the unique part, right? This isn't like doing a budget where you're having a disagreement. This is like you're having a disagreement, but everything is on your side, right? You got the debt ceiling limit there that says, uh, if you don't reach an agreement, you cut like crazy. And that was a unique moment in history. I've never seen such a unique moment when the Republicans had all the leverage in the world, all the bargaining power, and they just gave it away for free. That, it, it, that was the shocker. So when Kevin McCarthy says, oh, what? We only have the House. You know, we can't, you know, what do they expect? Yeah. We can't, you know, that's, that wasn't true. Yeah. That wasn't true. He had the leverage. No, that's, yeah, that's only the, the House. The House is Article One of the Constitution. It's the representative body, right? And all, the, all these views, by the way, are just my own, right? I'm not speaking on behalf of the party or any institution or whatever. But, no, they, they, that's the whole point is the Congress represents most closely the people, and we had all the leverage. And then the Senate, if, if we would have said no— we could have forced the Senate to come to a compromise in the middle. We didn't. Go, no one went to the middle on anything here. But right, I'm not aware of any wins the Republicans really got out of this thing. That's just uh, that's really sad. But I think, of course, yeah. I always say this. To me, it's not a party issue. This is about yeah. the future that's of right. our country. It's about yep. our children. And so, with that in mind, yep. let's come back one more time because then I have some other things I want to ask you about. Um, what will be the net effect, for instance, on people listening? How will this thing that Joe Biden just signed and all these jabber, 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 uh, let's just talk about all of this and the numbers, how will it actually affect people listening to this? Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's going to affect them greatly, but in the future. So we're in the midst of a you know a stock market bubble already, right? The Federal Reserve has $9 trillion on its balance sheet the Biden budgets have been seven trillion each, <laughs> and now the economy was getting ready to slow down. Right, the Federal Reserve is trying to slow it down to beat inflation, and so uh, and, and it was popping the bubble. Right, and you saw the uh, the, the mid mid sized bank credit crisis, and there was going to be a lot more of that. Except now, the genius uh, the geniuses of the government, you know, I'm here to help you just spent another $4 trillion in stimulus and signaled to the markets the, the sugar high will continue. But sooner or later, you run out of sugar, and the markets will collapse. And the longer you do it, the harder the fall is going to be. 
And so you can expect a pretty hard landing in the future once all of this stimulus wears out and D.C. finally gets a notice again, right? I, 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 I'm just shocked. Uh, that they did this right now, and there's uh, now the, this is a little more complex. But the Federal Reserve now, in order to go into debt for the government spending, has to go borrow money now, and they're going to be, you know, eating away at the investment dollars that should go to business and, and whatever to go into debt. And so it really it, it's hurting our long run productivity. It's hurting your wages. Uh, it, it's inflationary because you just spent four trillion more dollars. And so you can expect the price levels to stay up. And uh, now the Fed's going to have to work even harder to slow down the economy because the, the government just stimulated again. Okay, so that so brings me to – macro effects. You'll uh, feel them. Yep. Yeah, you're going to feel them. More inflation, less money yep. that to yep. spend. Uh, and, I, of course, yep. I'm, I worry constantly. I, I guess we don't have to get into this, but I do feel like they're going to be start starting to take people's money because they can't manage yep. this. Uh, but the dollar yep. itself now is on the verge. Of, we've talked about this many times, Dave. I think even the first time yeah. I talked to you, we talked about this. But the dollar yeah. now is, I, I think, imminently going to stop being the currency, the, the go-to currency, whatever the gold standard, whatever the word is. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you see that as inevitable? I, I don't share that view. It, 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 the, the reserve currency... Uh, they, what, what is true is the dollar is losing its value every year because of inflation now, right? So if you got $100 uh, next year, that $100 bill is only going to be worth $90, $90 because of inflation. So the dollar is, is – you're losing value, right? So that part's true. Uh, but the reserve currency, there still has to be a lot uh, more moves because the, the only question there that matters is where are you going to park your savings uh, to be secure, uh, are you going to park it in China, Russia, Brazil, <laughs> the BRICS? Right? No. And so that's why. So the, the U.S. is in bad shape, but uh, everywhere else is way worse off. Right? The European economies, Germany's already in a recession, and so there's no there's no place better. Some of the, some of the things that are you know disconcerting is now you see, you know, the U.S. is pulling back and doing America first. So that makes it easy for China to go with the BRICS and Brazil and the and the petrodollars and the Saudis and all and make their deals in China's currency or whatever. But if if you look at the size of those countries, it's it's not it's not significant. The top our top ten trading partners are all still our friends, and even China's top ten trading partners are all our friends, meaning the United States, right? And so. If our State Department can't use those friendships, then we got real problems, right? I mean, which, which is the case right now. We're not being strategic at all right now on the world scene, no. but that's a whole other podcast. Well, I'm, you know, I'm happy for some good – I'll take that little nugget of good news. Yeah. Uh, but I, now the, the federal currency, they, I, I just uh, – it's called, I think, the Hamilton Initiative or the Hamilton. It's the plan uh, for in instituting a federal digital currency. And I think that's imminent. Yeah. I can't recall if no, you and I talked about this, but I yeah, yeah. Filling okay. With that. Why doing, the Federal Reserve is doing pilot plans already, and Congress is trying to slap it back. And so uh, I, I think the Congress will win on that because the Fed does not have the authority to do that. That's for sure. Why is that so dangerous? I know, but you tell us, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Yeah, no, digital currency, uh, they're just going to claim, you know, it's more efficient, it's easier. You know, we're going to provide you some free services with it so they'll make it sound good. But that's the the digital currency is what China uses to run their surveillance state, right? China has a totalitarian surveillance state, and the software is written by our uh, big tech folks, by the way, right? No, No moral problems there to see, you know, cover your eyes. And so the same thing's heading here. If we go down that route, right, if you do a digital currency, every transaction will go through the Federal Reserve. They can track anything you do. They can shut off your ability to purchase anything, right? They can shut down your 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 house payments, your college payments, your withdrawals, whatever they want to do. If you get a big state and it goes wrong, so that's the, uh, the, 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 the left uh, and the old liberals, right, who were not a major threat, right? The liberals just wanted, you know, more government spending. That the new leftists, they want total control of the government. So now we're in a new day, right? The liberals are gone. They faded. And now we're, uh, we're playing hardball. Yes, and that's why I say it's not a political issue anymore. It's people who yeah. love this country versus people who want to destroy it. That's pretty much the way the deems yeah. now. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. saw there was a video. You probably saw this. Uh, there was a, well, it's a couple of months ago. There was uh, a news story from China. Well, it was about China. And it showed a guy jaywalking. And it was, uh, you know, they have this uh, social score, as we both know, (laughs) where they keep track of everyone and they punish uh, you if if you step outside of the line and you can't get jobs, you can't get hired, you can't do much of anything. They do control your money because they do have digital currency. So this guy is jaywalking. So they blast it all over. They put it on the news that he's broken the rule. And they take a huge... Fine out of his bank account. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was, yep. a, you know, a good, like, that may be funny, sort of, but uh, but there was a lot yeah, of money. No, they took it right out of his account. You, right? No, no. Right. Well, okay, so. No, um, that's why you're great. You give those personal examples. That That's more powerful than some academic argument. That's what, that's exactly what can happen. So, um, you are, you are, in spite of all the things you know, you are always, an optimist in the right way, not yeah. foolish, but an optimist. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I yeah. love that about you. So you you have said that great advice you gave us six months ago when we first started the podcast was in these diff, in this economic downtime, I'm going to repeat it, get a job, get a yeah. job, work, get a job. That yeah. will be a safeguard. But what about money? I mean, I, people, you know, are talking about gold and uh, and you don't sell gold. You don't represent a gold company. Neither do I. Nobody sells this show with gold. I don't know how. How should people yeah. think about investing in gold from your perspective? Yeah, that one you got to get with a financial advisor. But you know, whatever you do, don't put all your money in one thing right now. Uh, the safe thing to do right now, if you want to be safe, is go to a money market. And they're paying four or five percent. And you lock it in at four or five percent, and so, you know. But the downside there is you're still losing money because inflation's still five five percent or whatever, right? So you're not yeah. making much in real terms, right? If inflation's five and you're getting five percent interest, you're just breaking even. Uh, but you know, the stock market's awfully risky right now. No one knows when it uh, when it's going to decide to have its it's a downward plunge. Most everyone thinks, you know, these these ratios, right? The stock market ratios, the PE, and all this kind of things are overlooked. 
and they think it's going to come down, but no one knows when. So that's that. You got to talk to a financial uh, planner that knows your life plans and your kids and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. One last thing. Uh, you and I spoke about this briefly before we went went on the air. China is the is the big monster for us right now, and I think that's yep. absolutely accurate. Yep. It's not an overstatement. Ironically, though, nope. back home they're falling apart financially. Can you just say a word about yep. that? Yeah, well, their debt is uh, higher than ours. They got ghost cities. Uh, you can only build so many bullet trains, right? They their whole emphasis is top down. The federal government dictates what you're going to do, right? So they're very good uh, with a almost a slave society of taking forty percent of their economy in savings and shoving it into capital investment. So that got them eight, nine, ten percent growth for the past uh, decade. But now the easy low-hanging fruit, right? The bullet trains and the real estate, that's all cracking up. And now they got to get innovative and use markets uh, to solve the problem, but they, they're they moving in the exact opposite direction. And uh, Xi Jinping gave a speech uh, about six months ago at the 20th Party Congress and said, we're going full-on Marxist-Leninist, no China stuff, no market reforms, no use of markets. And we're getting rid of the peace and harmony language, and we're moving to war lingo. And so that gave a pretty uh, firm shot across the bow, plus all the stuff you got, uh, you know, flybys and brushbys on the seas. And so U.S. is starting to decouple a little bit from uh, doing business in China. And that will, of course, crush China because their whole economy is traded. And uh, ours is not as traded. Uh, as they are. And so uh, they got some major issues ahead. I think they're hunkering down. They're looking internal. Uh, but when a communist regime is internal, you got to beware because they may, uh, you know, if they need to save their own skin, they just start a war uh, to get out of political uh, hot seat. Yeah. And with that little tease, I'll just say that uh, we will soon be talking to Gordon Chang. Uh, and we're going to talk about yep, that because good. Gordon Gordon feels it's pretty bleak. The uh, the uh, Our yep. future and yep. the danger of an imminent attack. Best. Yeah, so we'll talk about yep. that. Uh, Dave, but but you're the best here, too, on this economy. So I just appreciate your time so much. Anything else about the economy you want to say before I before I let you go to do your actual job? No, I'll just say, you know, get get the job with benefits, doing something you love. So that when the hard times come, you're locked into something. you got a good boss. You know, work for a firm that shares your values so that you, know, you, you know you've got that going for you. And then you just remember why you're on the planet, right? It's not it's not all economics, not all politics. It's all God, right? Glorify God in all you do, and that gives you some balance in life. As it's some perspective of why you're here. That's great. That's a great way to end. And I couldn't. That's so good, David. Thank you. Perspective on all of this uh, is uh, honor God and glorify Him as we're trying to. As we're trying to manage our yep. lives in this uh, chaos that we find ourselves in, Dave Bratt, uh, Dean yep, right. of the School of Business yep. for Liberty University, uh, check it out. They've grown, grown, grown. They have incredible facilities, and they have a great dean. So, uh, thank you, Dave. Right. Dave Bratt, thank you. You're great. God bless yeah. you, Sandy. Thank okay. you. God bless you all out there. Thank yep. you so much. Same right back to you. All right, Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios twenty four seven. It, I always love talking to Dave Brad. I really do. I always learn something from him. He has a really cheerful way of, of delivering bad news, but he always gives us some good news, too, and he did just then, and some hope. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a question or a comment, you can call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662 
821-2040, or you can write us the old-fashioned way at sandy at afr.net. That's sandy at afr.net. And I want to remind you that Preborn's network of clinics brings hope to pregnant women considering abortion through ultrasound. You know all about this. You hear me talking about it every day. It's just $28, and you can sponsor an ultrasound and change the life of a mom and save a baby's life. That's just $28. All you have to do is visit preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. Coming up next, my sweetheart will join us to talk about what we just heard from Dave Brett. Stay tuned. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. I want to commend Senator Speaker McCarthy. You know, uh, he and I, uh, we uh, and our teams, we were able to get along, get things done. We were straightforward with one another, completely honest with one another, respectful with one another. Both sides operated in good faith. Both sides kept their word. And I also want to commend other congressional leaders, House Minority Leader Jeffries, Senate Majority Leader Schumer, Senate Minority Leader McConnell, They acted responsibly and put the good of the country ahead of politics. Yes, they did. He is really happy. And the reason he's happy is because I think, you know, because uh, Kevin McCarthy embraced the bill that Joe Biden wanted and stabbed the members of his own caucus in the back that were trying to do what was right in the Limit, Save, and Grow Act, which they worked so hard to craft and which is what Kevin McCarthy was supposed to be presenting uh, to the president. It's really kind of a tragedy. Bruce, um, thank you for joining me, sweetheart. Well, thanks for having me. You know, can I just say, uh, you uh, handle the finances in our family. I want to say that because I was single for so many years, and well, before that, in my first marriage, handled all the money, did the taxes. Now I can't balance. I don't even know what the checkbook is. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. But so Bruce knows, you know, he, he's... That's he's, why we have some money left. No, that's <laughs> Stop it. He's competent. He's very competent about uh, finances. So I just want to know, did you pick up anything in that discussion that's, that was notable to you? Yes. I, I found it fascinating to, to find out that China's debt is worse than ours. Isn't that something? I mean, it was just sort of a throwaway line, but that really grabbed me. I had no idea. You know, we've been led to... To believe that China has everything going in their favor, and we really do need to take a step back sometimes and listen to somebody like Dave Bratt and get a better perspective. I, I'm not trying to minimize the fear that we should have of China, but we do need to keep it in perspective. Well, that's true. I think that we're going to find though, in the coming days uh, what I'm hearing projected, and I'll get into this on a later podcast, is that it's for the very reason that they are imploding economically. And you know, my uh, Chinese friends here tell me that the Chinese people back, we can't really contact them anymore. We can't even get in there anymore. Uh, but he, that uh, they're hearing that the people are fed up with the uh, draconian measures that she has put in place, that no tolerance for COVID was, COVID was kind of a turning point where they locked them inside their homes and they couldn't even get out. And they're kind of fed up. So there's like a just a simmering, like almost rebellion in China in addition to that. But the the problem for us, Bruce, is that that is a catalyst for them to do what Dave just said, and that is to attack, uh, to get... We we know about this in the United States, that our politicians have done this also. When they want to get people's minds off the domestic troubles, 
uh, pick a fight somewhere overseas. Yeah, um, always go with the diversion. And I, uh, I heard a statistic this week about how many college graduates are coming into the workforce in China, and there's really no jobs for them. So you know that's going to create a lot of dissension in addition to what's already there, you know, uh, what happened with COVID, um, what happens in general, why, uh, how we were talking about the surveillance state that they're under. And so there's no better way for a government to make that go away, quote unquote, than to start a war. And I think we've seen, I don't know if you want to call it the precursors, but certainly evidence that China is becoming bolder and bolder or more desperate, whatever whatever term you want to use, but they are starting to mess with our military. Near misses with ships, near misses with jets. Yeah, well, we will talk about that uh, more fully when Gordon Chang joins us. Uh, but any anything else notable about our discussion with Dave? Well, I, I just find it amazing that every time the Republicans have the lever of government to do something when they have the leverage, they never seem to do it. And even when the Democrats are in the minority, they always seem to rule the day. And I, it, it just frustrates the heck out of me. Yeah, it, and it frustrates all of us. And uh, I think the, 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 the real, it was like a, I have to say, it was a gut wrench to me when this happened recently because I honestly, me, who could think of me as a Pollyanna? I actually thought Kevin McCarthy was stepping up to the plate and uh, and behaving honorably. And I had a friend tell me that, uh, talk to me about it, what, how, what a Christian he is. So I thought, okay, maybe there's been some change here. But uh, this, was a, this was a stab in the back, uh, an act of bad faith, not good faith. And I, and I was just, uh, I actually cried about this because I know what it means for the country. Well, Kevin McCarthy really let us down. And, you know, the thing that kills me about this is, okay, so they do not uh, come to a deal. What happens? The government shuts down. I think we could use a little government shutdown because then these automatic cuts to the budget would go into effect. And, you know, we spend money as a government on so many wasteful things. Believe me. We could stand to have a shutdown for a while and cut some of these programs. Just to make your point, I just heard that 50% of federal workers in Washington, D.C. are still not going to work. They're still home. To give you perspective, those of you out there in the trenches getting up every morning and doing your job and working hard, you're paying for those loafs, those oafs. If you can't find somebody when you try to call the IRS, that's the reason. If you can't get forms you need, if you can't get what you need to do, what you need to do from the Social Security branch, remember, there half of them are still home. So there's a reason right there for a shutdown. I agree with you. Well, listen, thank you, honey. Thank you for joining me and bringing your perspective. And uh, let me say, if you have a perspective that you want to bring, you can call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. 2040 or write us at sandy at afr.net. That's sandy at afr.net. For now, thank you for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.